Welcome to Feed the Machine. This podcast is designed to allow business people to share their stories. We will not only learn what they do and how they do it, but our interviews will include topics of mindset, grit, and overcoming obstacles. Get ready. Let's turn it on. Feed the machine. Today is a extremely exciting podcast. That's we're going to talk about academia. We're going to talk about following your passion. We're going to even talk about what it's like to recognize and acknowledge that sometimes you want something different in life. No matter what your financial success is or success in your career, sometimes you decide to pivot. And there's a number of reasons. I am sitting here with Courtney Spiewak, my sister-in-law, who I've known for almost 30 years. It's ashamedly so. Is that a word I no, could use? No, no. You've been blessed with <laughs> for 30 years. <laughs> That's for sure. Courtney is someone who I know throughout high school. I've known her since I was 13, 12 or 13. She, uh, she obviously married my brother, ultimately. But when they were dating, my brother was in high school. Courtney was also like a freshman in high school. And Courtney was one of those people that were always kind of head of the class, always kind of a year ahead of, the, of, of most students, and ultimately went to college, became a chemical engineer. You know, as far as academia goes, she made it, you know, and she worked for a big oil and gas company as well. We're going to touch on some of that stuff. But what I'm really excited to explore today is her entrepreneurial passion that led her away from an amazing nine to five job, in my opinion. I don't know the details, but we'll touch on them today. And also, it led her to affect many people because not only did she make this move, but she was an advocate to help others go into the into the world of entrepreneurship. And and there's a deeper, bigger cause to what she does, and we'll get into that too with with the work that she did at Wild Tree. And Courtney. How great is it to finally have you on the show? I'd love to just start from the beginning. Can we go just before we get into your business and what you're doing now? Can you kind of walk us through how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here, Warren. I'm really excited to do this today and and to share a little bit about my story and what I've been through. And maybe that can help somebody else out there if you're feeling the way that I was feeling. Just to, I don't know where in the story you want me to start. Well, start in high school because <laughs> okay. I would say that, number one, as a parent, I think your parents did a really good job at giving you a goal. You achieved that goal. You had a successful career. And I would just love to, yeah, like start with, with your life in high school and what your goals were and what you thought your life would be like. Sure. Yeah. So as Warren alluded to, I was always kind of in a hurry to become an adult and to grow up. And looking back at that, I, I wonder what caused me to, to think that way. As we all know, adulting has its own challenges. But I was a good student and school was important to me. So I studied, I did my homework, I showed up for my tests, I showed up for my classes and paid attention. And then 
it got to be, well, I did graduate from high school in three years instead of four. Again, I was really in a hurry to, to grow up and Which get out there. Which is incredible. I was just trying to, I couldn't even get my homework done. And here you are hitting it, you know, three instead of four. But go ahead. <laughs> and so my senior year, I knew where I wanted to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I do come from two generations. My dad and my mom's dad were both chemical engineers chemistry and math both came pretty easy to me. So it seemed like a natural fit, even though honestly, I had no idea what they really did. So went to college, got into the chemical engineering department and thought, okay, yeah, this is, you know, I got to work. This is kind of hard. I got to put the effort in. Got to in between my junior and senior year and did an internship. So I was working as a chemical engineer in training. And at that point, that's when I realized I don't really enjoy this. Come on. Not that early. Yeah, it was that early. So let's put that in perspective. What year would that have been? Or like, how old were you? 20, 19, 20. Courtney, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I thought to myself, okay, I've got one year of college left. I'm ready to become a full-fledged adult, get out into the working world. What else would I do? I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So spent the my senior year and got my degree, graduated, and ultimately ended up spending the next 17 years of my life in oil and gas. 17 years. I was hoping that this was something you figured out in the 14th or 15th year, Courtney. Unfortunately, no. I mean, it was a great job. I'm not trying to downplay anything about that position. Obviously, there's challenges that come when you're working in oil and gas. It's a very cyclical industry. I went through three downturns in those 17 years. Managed to hang on to my job, but a lot of my colleagues didn't. But it was challenging. I enjoyed the people. The work was challenging. It just, it wasn't my passion. I mm -hmm. had no pull. It was great money. That That's about mm -hmm. to sum it up. It was great money. So that's an interesting thing because in life, right, you're just, you're always gauging success. And so we all have like, yeah, there's the financial realm and then there's our families and then there's ourself and there's just what we contribute to others. So in this time in your life, here you are successful in the ability to put points in the bank account. And you have a great family. You've been married to my brother for I don't even know how many years. 23 years. <laughs> Jeez. And so here it is on the outside looking in. It's like, how could you not be happy? Now, I'm not saying you weren't happy, but the one thing that I will say is that obviously somewhere in those 17 years, when I heard you were willing to hang that hat up and go out with zero revenue, you're going to basically start something with zero revenue. And, and I know we're going to get into the reason why you did this, which is beyond just getting out of the oil and gas industry. This has to do with a, a bigger meaning. But when I heard that you did, you know, made this move, I thought, is she crazy? You weren't alone in thinking that. <laughs> so I thought it myself. So let's talk about the whys, because there's multiple reasons why you, why you ultimately got exposed to, to stepping out into this new role that you entered. Yeah. So once the kids, once we started having kids and my oldest is now 19, I really started questioning, if, is this how I want to spend the vast majority of my days doing something that I don't enjoy doing. And is this really all there is to adulting <laughs> that I was so eager to become an adult? And you go, you spend 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours at work, come home exhausted. And then the people that are supposed to be the most important people in your life, I mm. had nothing left to give them. I was done. 
and it hurt. It hurt my heart. It hurt my soul. I, I knew that there was there had to be a better way. I, I actually had some mentors at the time early on in my career, and I asked them, I said, is there something more? Should I be finding meaning and purpose in my work? And I was, honestly, I was given some pretty bad advice. Really? I was, yeah, I was told, find your purpose outside of work. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, so, so do the whole nine to five thing and then do, your, do the stuff that's important to you yeah, outside yeah. Of that so window. so fit the important things in, <laughs> you know, outside of the majority of your life, sure. awaking, waking life. Oh wow! So yeah, so I carried on. I, I I soldiered on, and then my husband and I we started exploring other alternatives. So we looked into real estate. After my second child was born, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to be real estate moguls. We're hopping on this, you know, buy and flip houses, and and I'm not going to have to work that job anymore. Well, you know, that that is another job in and of itself. And yes, people can make very good money in that. But it was more of a, I guess, a low, slow build over time. It wasn't an income replacer for us. And then I kind of felt a little dejected. Well, can I just say when it did come to the real estate, and I know you now have some holdings that we'll talk, I hope, a little bit about. But when you did enter that, I would say you did so studiously. You know, one of the things that I know about you is you are analytical. You do use this capacity you have for for getting gaining knowledge and you utilize it in everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can take the girl out of engineering, but you can't take the engineering out of the girl. So it was. Yeah. I mean, we uh, with real estate, you kind of have to jump in. You can't understand and know everything. It is definitely, obviously, there's a lot of information out there. There's, and we did our research and we talked to people and we tried to learn from others, but we made plenty of mistakes over the years. We did plenty of things that were, that were really not intelligent that we say we got our PhD in real estate <laughs> on. So, you know, there's, there's school, school, and then there's, you know, the school of hard knocks. But wouldn't you say that that's an important part of everything? Absolutely. It's like you yes. could have paralysis by analysis, but if you want to do everything perfect, you're not going to ever get started. You'll, exactly. So we went to seminars and they had what they called the like the career learners. I don't I don't remember the exact terminology, but basically yeah. people who went to every single seminar, they bought thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of research material and books and mm-hmm. uh, it was CDs at the time mm-hmm. and never even bought a single house. So, yeah, I mean we took some information, we ran with it and I was hoping that was my out. Mm. And it wasn't. It was not. So, so here it goes. You go down the the lane of, I know you you begin your education process of buying and selling real estate. It's not a slam dunk. It's not like a get rich quick scheme. No, it's, it's a get rich really, really, really slowly. (laughs) I mean, there's people out there doing it, so I don't want to discount what they're doing, but for the vast majority of people, it's kind of a, you know, a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are successful at it in spite of maybe what they don't know. Like for instance, Absolutely. You know, if you're in LA at the right time, you could accidentally make a few hundred thousand dollars yeah. on a property. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really happen too much in Texas. Yeah. That's not our kind of market. No. But yeah. All right. So you're still a chemical engineer at this point. You're doing the real estate thing, leveraging your income. Yes. And uh, Andy, your husband, mm-hmm. my brother. And so what happens next? Like, where do you get, where do you, do you start kind of 
are you scanning for opportunities or are uh, you digging deep to try to think of what oh, you're... Oh, yeah. I took all kinds of, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, went to those classes, mm-hmm. read books and nothing, nothing really jumped out at me. And I was, you know, it was, I was just dealing. Mm-hmm. We had, then we had three kids. Now we have three kids and, you know, getting caught up in the, the minutia of life and not really able to think ahead. Mm-hmm. So what gives? Like, where do, where do you start to, where does the light bulb go off that you see an avenue? Yeah. So, you know, as, as every good story, there's always a crisis point. And that's exactly what happened to us. So our oldest, he really, really struggled in school. And we really, really, really tried to avoid the ADD, ADHD label. Mm -hmm. And it came to the point where they basically told us, if we were reading between the lines, because legally they can't Mm -hmm. say that, but take this kid to your doctor and medicate him Mm because we cannot handle him. Mm -hmm. And what really crushed us was he started internalizing it and thinking Mm -hmm. he was a bad kid. And he's such an amazing human, Mm -hmm. that it just, it tore me up that he was struggling with these feelings that he couldn't behave in class and and feeling Mm -hmm. bad about it. And you know, what's amazing about that, or or just interesting is we had the same thing with one of our kids, you know, and it's, they literally, they're saying it, they're telling you to go medicate the child because they're disruptive. And, you know, for me, you know, I know just physiologically what these medicines could do to a child and or anybody like, you know, I'll say it right now. I once tried to medicate myself just to have a longer attention span. And within a month and like my heart beating like a thousand beats a minute at nighttime, I'm going, this would be a definite shortening of my life if I go down this road for me. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And you know, again, not trying to pass judgment to no. everybody does best by their kids. Yeah. So I'm not going to judge you for whatever you do to help your children. But the last straw for me was we were at a, a Cub Scout meeting and one of the parents said, yeah, we have to take our son for a heart scan tomorrow, an EKG because of the medication that he's on for ADD. Yeah. And that just it hurt me mm-hmm. to know that there are so many risks and not that we would not a hundred percent medicate, but I wanted to explore every Avenue out there first. Yeah. And I'm glad you did because yes, I don't, and I want anyone listening to, I'm not passing judgment either. There are parents that have told me, if you knew what my kid is like without the meds, oh, you would yeah. know like it's not an option. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's there's different, you know, every kid's different. Yes. And I agree a hundred percent, you know, there are definitely kids out there that, thrive and succeed and need the medication. And, yeah. you know, kudos to you for being your kid's advocate. I was like in marriage counseling whenever this, this doctor was like, Warren, maybe you just, maybe you just need to take these pills because it'll maybe tune you in a little more to what here's what happened. I take the ADD medicine. Now I'm winning all the arguments because I'm able to pay attention <laughs> oh, no. to what's being said. Oh, no. I'm like, whoa, I'm really that's like, not, oh, I'm that's a, not going to help. Yeah. Like I'm like, wow, I'm really <laughs> sticking to what's going on here. But no. I also realized physiologically that I felt a little amped up. Like it's a little bit of a, it's like, you know, Back in the day, there was different nutrition supplements that I tried that would kind of make your heart race a little bit. And that was all it was. So I don't want to say that, does that mean it's going to do something back to you? I'm I'm, I'm not saying that because I don't know. But I will say that as an adult, 
you know, it was something I noticed and I just think that all of us, you know, it's just something to think about. So, yeah. so you're going to get into it's more of a, uh, all natural way that you found a solution. Yeah. To so, you know, of course I tried all kinds of crazy stuff. I took the kid running. I mean, he's, I think he was eight or nine at the time, took him running before school thinking if I could get extra, you know, energy out of him, he'd be fine. That didn't help. Made him wear button down shirts, like collared shirts. So maybe he'd be a little more uncomfortable and pay more attention. Nothing, you know, all kinds of rewards, you know, emphasizing the positive behavior. We, we really tried everything in that realm and things would work for maybe a week, two weeks, and then it would go back to normal. So I found something in my research called Feingold, which it's a program. It's been around since the seventies invented by a doctor, Dr. Feingold. And he was looking to help kids with allergies. And he thought, well, Hey, maybe if we restrict, restrict some of these ingredients that are in our food, like food dyes, preservatives, and also salicylates, which are aspirin-like compounds. Never even heard of a salicylate. Yeah. So they're, they're aspirin-like compounds that are found in things like apples, almonds. So, you know, really healthy foods, but some people are sensitive to them. So basically what he found was that kids who had behavior issues, who couldn't focus, who couldn't sit still, were responding really well to this program. And so it had been around for decades. Hmm. And in fact, one of the kids that I grew up with in the church that we grew up with was on that program when when we were kids and it worked for him. So last ditch effort, I threw out everything we had in our Mm -hmm. pantry. I just, fair warning, I don't like to cook. I'm not good at cooking and it's not something I really wanted to do. But I then had to cook everything from scratch. I spent hours at the grocery store. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as I can tell, I mean, you've been doing some great cooking. (laughs) I got some some good hacks. I have some good kitchen hacks. So yeah, it just, it it was a really huge stressor on me Mm -hmm. because ultimately it fell to, to me and I started having panic attacks and had to go talk talk to somebody about Mm -hmm. it. It was, as far as me mentally, emotionally, it was a really tough time. Now it helped our our son immensely. Mm -hmm. It brought him into that circle of normal and we were no longer being called into the school two, three times a week. And kind of the, we had an incident at baseball when my oldest was playing baseball. My second child, my daughter was given a red Gatorade and she has no behavior, had never had a behavior issue. And she was like, she was drugged for 48 hours. Wow. It was, I thought maybe somebody had spiked the Gatorade, just that red dye that was in her drink caused her to completely go nuts. And it really hit home to me. I started paying a lot of attention again, not trying to pass judgment here, but I really, you know, the education piece of this is so close to my heart because we don't know what we don't know and we can't do better until we know better. So one of the things that really, opened my eyes was especially we hang out a lot of baseball. All three of my kids have played baseball. And I notice the behavior of the kids after they get a snow cone. But it's interesting. So almost, and I I have had other cousins of mine that have sensitivities to food coloring, right? Mm -hmm. I've heard that's reds and things. I've never noticed it. I've never paid attention. I love me some fruity pebbles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you do an elimination diet where you take all that stuff out and then you add it back in and it is very obvious about what's going on. It's scary. It's really surprising to hear because I know Brooke and it's hard for me to even imagine her having any reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So here it is. You're on this holistic approach and what's interesting about for your kids. And then not only that, what's kind of interesting to me is that 
where you decide to go talk to somebody is at the point of your kids being affected. Like you don't mind suffering. You don't mind, you know, trying to figure out your own career and your life and you deal with that stress. But when it comes to your kids, you don't play around. Yeah, of course not. You know, mama bear, there's a term for that, right? (laughs) (laughs) So what happens next? So here you are, you're seeing some good results, but now you're kind of in this new realm of cooking a lot more. And you, I know that you going back to just the way you are, you start educating yourself on how to make life a little easier and, and, and follow through with what you're trying to do at home. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of came to me by accident. I was invited to a, a wild tree tasting and I thought, okay, what the heck is this? I've never heard of it. And uh, yeah, did my research, looked into it and it, I thought, well, if this stuff tastes half as good as it looks, this could be our answer. So Courtney, before we get into the whole wild tree thing, I know it's not like the hottest topic and there's a thousand reasons why you would say now, you know, for, for that, you know, wild tree is not the place to be or the product that you would recommend. It's very much part of your life. Yeah, I mean, it was 10 years of my life, and I would not have devoted that much time, effort, and energy and shared something that I didn't believe in with other people. Um, There were some, maybe some red flags over the past couple of years that my inherent trust of the company, I did not, I wasn't really um, taking in, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. And, but how they shut down, how they shut us down how they have not communicated with us mm. and just the lack of transparency. It, it does make me question, are they being truthful about the products? Yeah. And I know that's something that just recently happened and you've been through. And, and part of this podcast is just really, you know, I really want to go in through just how you pivoted out of your career as a chemical engineer and going into this. So, um, so with that, yeah, like just tell us how that began. And I know there's, uh, you know, I know that, 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 uh, we're not recommending Wild Tree to anybody and that we're going to get into this really cool, exciting thing you're, you're doing right now with Epicure. But just kind of walk us through that story. So Wild Tree was founded just basically on clean food. You know, mm-hmm. no non-food products in the food. No gluten they or did, whatever. Yeah, they had, they had gluten. So, okay. you know, basically it's if you read, you know, if you go pull a product out of your pantry and read the back of it. Can you pronounce every ingredient Mm, that's in it? Most of the time, no. Most of the time, there are a lot of non-food products in our food product. You know what I love about this is the fact that you are a chemical engineer in a way to me. It just means like this isn't like just anyone exploring the science behind this. Kind of you have a natural interest in science and you're educated in like what these words mean. Yeah, I mean, I could pronounce the words, but that doesn't mean I know what they're going to do in our bodies. (laughs) Yeah, true. So, okay, so you get introduced to Wild Tree, and I guess you you go to this event and what were, what was, what were you noticing about the foods? I guess that. Yeah. Just how easy it was. I knew it was safe. I didn't have to do a whole bunch of research on each product. I just had to watch out obviously for the foods that had salicylates in them. So I knew what those foods were and to watch out for those. But after we did a little bit of the elimination diet with our oldest, we found he really wasn't sensitive to those. So I didn't, after all, didn't have to worry about those. Interesting. But yeah, so it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it really, the funny story about that is 
when I was cooking everything from scratch, I basically had three meals that I made over and over again, and none of them were good. It was like an episode of Fear Factor so every like, time we sat down to so dinner. So it was like Taco Monday, Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday. it wasn't even as good as tacos. <laughs> I mean, that I probably couldn't have screwed up tacos. Yeah. But after I found the wild tree and then started serving it to the kids, they would actually ask me. And they'd say, Mom, is this wild tree? And I'd say, yes. they go, okay, good. We can eat wow, it. Wow, interesting. And so let's talk a little bit before we go further, like, what you know, what was what did the menu evolve into? Yeah, so you know, started being able to cook all kinds of things that they really enjoyed. So not just I don't even remember what I was cooking those three meals that I was making. I think I've blocked that painful memory. But you know, a lot of variety mm-hmm. and being able to make things ahead and then cook them because I was still working full time. Mm-hmm. My husband, he's a you know, he travels. So I got three kids and they're all in sports and all kinds of activities. I, you know, I'm I'm just like you. There's mm-hmm. evenings are crazy. Sometimes we have have seven yep. and a half minutes to get a meal on the table. Sure thing, sure thing. Well, that's pretty neat. So, so here you are. You're a chemical engineer battling this. You 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 kind of conquered this this almost epidemic thing that was going to happen to my nephew Brandon, right? And yeah. you get him back on track through a nutritional way and avoiding just a few things. Yep. You get introduced to to Wild Tree, mm-hmm. and then this becomes a platform for you to basically purchase your foods without having to like depend on being you know doing all this analytics on everything you're at the grocery store right exactly just a huge simplification for our lives and a much improved mealtime experience <laughs> and then this uncovers your first opportunity to jump out into something new yeah and it that didn't it did not strike me at that time that that was really an option what it was, was the one of the gals that I was working with at the time, she worked full time, she was going to school part time, and she wanted to get a job at Hobby Lobby to purchase airfare for her mom and sister to come home for Christmas. And so I looked at the business opportunity and I thought, why, why would you add that to your plate? Why would you take all those hours? You can do this, start a business with Wild Tree, easily make that money and purchase the tickets for them and do it on your own time. And she did that. She ended up joining and she got the tickets for her mom and her sister. They came home for the holiday and they came to visit her for the holidays. So it really, it didn't even hit me as an out for me okay, at that point. Okay, so really at this point, all you knew of is that Wild Tree has distributor, like mm-hmm. people just on the streets, like a street. It's, it's an MLM, so multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. So, Which things or are, it was. It, I have to stop you there. It was. Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going to get into a very interesting fact about Wild Tree, which was around for a long time. But And I want to say that when we get to that, it's going to be well worth it for anyone listening who's interested in where life takes an interesting turn. Okay, so let's go back to the fact that so you accidentally get exposed to the the, the income generating portion yeah. of this because you have a friend that is like, hey, I just need to make several hundred bucks to yep. get she to. Had a uh, need. Yeah, yeah, she, and and so here you are. You're not really worried about making money or anything at this point in your life because you're you know you're doing your own thing. Yeah. So you want to know how I got into all this, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so yeah, so my friend that I encouraged to sign up, she in turn said, you know, why don't you do this with me? You're already buying so much. You can get it at a discount. And I thought to myself, I don't really want to sign up and just get stuff at a discount. If I sign up, it's because I want to do something with it because I can see the impact that this can have on other people's lives based on what it has done for me. And I thought long and hard about that. I was working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. 
again, traveling husband, three kids, every excuse in the world to not take on something additional. But there was something in the pit of my stomach that said, why not? What's the worst thing that could happen? Give it a try. Mm -hmm. And I am so glad I listened to that little inner voice that told me to jump and take that leap. So suddenly you go from being someone who's advocating to others to utilize this product, not for income, but just because you were you knew that it would give them the results they needed with their kiddos. Yeah, I knew I wasn't the only one struggling. Sure. And I had something that could help. Why? It would be incredibly selfish of me not to share. Sure. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. And there's something probably extremely rewarding about like yes. having a conversation with someone and them calling you going like, yes. Courtney, it's so awesome. It, Thank you. Yes. Filled my bucket yeah. for sure. Okay. So... So how did this turn into a career, right? Yeah, like, well, it's just like, how do you go from, you know, sharing something with your friends to ultimately stumbling upon making money yep. and then going, you know what, I can scale this. Yeah, so I went to my first conference and that's what I always tell people. A wild tree conference. A wild tree conference. If you join a company in MLM, go to conference, go to conference. It gives you a much bigger picture. And what I saw was I saw incredibly successful, mostly women, incredibly successful women, physical therapists, physicians, nurses, accountants, you know, mm. people from every teachers, people from every industry, stay at home moms. And they were making it happen. They were treating it as a career and they were getting career income. And not only that, they were living the life that I wanted. They mm. were in control of their days. If their kid got sick, Okay. Rearrange the schedule. No yeah, big deal. It's kind of hard to leave a big oil and gas company for a couple hours so you can pick up your kid, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, from school. And yeah. And, and, you know, there's always something going on, right? It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you pretty much guarantee it's happening every week or every other week. There's yeah. some drama going on with the family, right? You know, kids. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, it really opened my eyes because I had no idea. I know people could make money at it, but I had no idea that people could actually have a career. Mm -hmm. And so that, once I found that out, I thought, okay, what, what do I have to do to get there? And I spent the next couple of years building my business. So it took, I didn't Were you just still working? leave. I was still working. Okay. Oh, I was working well, and I, I mean, was also working. built. Yeah, yeah, I was still working full time and building my business on the side. And that's, you know, a lot of people choose to do that yeah. indefinitely because they love their full-time jobs. Yeah. But I wanted out of my full-time job. So I worked very hard on building my business and, and even more building me because mm -hmm. it's not, it was not my innate talents. I didn't come from sales. I came from engineering. I mm -hmm. knew how to talk to engineers. I did not know how to talk to women. Mm -hmm. um, but isn't it, it was interesting? a whole, yeah, a whole learning curve for me. I was going to say, you know, and not saying that engineers can't be women, but just I was I was on a golf course yesterday with a lady that I work with, who's I mean, she's so smart. She knows our products so well. And she was telling me that she doesn't do sales, right? And I'm going, I could bring you to any appointment that we have. And this, there is no sales. What, what, what we do is we educate people and how we do what we do. Absolutely. And being able to listen. Yeah. And 
ask, you know, be curious, ask questions, really get to know somebody and understand what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that, I mean, I love the, the fact that I'm able to help people with nutrition, but the part that I love the most is I'm still doing engineering. I'm still solving problems. Mm-hmm. It's just different problems that I'm solving now. That's awesome. Okay. So here you go. So suddenly wild tree is this thing. You go a couple years into it. You've got more moms and dads reaching out to you and basically through social media or just the events that you do because i know you do the different events and you've always had booths wherever you know with time allowed people are utilizing this relationship not only to solve some problems internally with their families but then you can't help but spread the word yeah absolutely and you know you're successful the the way that you make money in MLMs is by, like I said, by helping other people succeed, just finding people that have a need Mm -hmm. and helping them solve that need. So yeah, it was, it was a learning curve for sure. Like I said, I didn't come in with any of the the innate skills. That was not Mm -hmm. what I did. I was the type of person that would, you know, basically just get to the point. Mm -hmm. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Mm -hmm. I I was used to being the manager and Mm -hmm. it's definitely softened me, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's made me a better person, a better wife for sure, Mm -hmm. a better mom, uh, a better friend. So it's made me a lot more intuitive about people and rather than just steamrolling. Yeah. And don't you think it's kind of interesting? So like when you go into being a team manager in a corporate environment, sometimes you're kind of forced to work with people that you wouldn't necessarily choose to. Absolutely. Yep. And then you also are sometimes working with people that aren't in the mind frame of being result driven or whatever. So you almost get to this point where the relationship becomes very transactional and like you're trying to motivate people one way or the other. Whereas when you're working with entrepreneurs and people who are really trying to do the right thing and it's more about a bigger cause, it simplifies Well, it it simplifies, but it also complicates in a way, because (laughs) when you're working with employees, they're getting paid. Mm. And when you're working with a business like this, it is a volunteer army. They Mm. only get paid if they put in the effort. Interesting. I never thought about that. And so really, so now you're like when you were at this conference, though, here you have people with, you know, there's doctors and realtors and all the teachers and all these people that are doing the same thing that you're doing as far as advocating for this product and sharing what what this this nutritional line could do for them what happens like as you continue to grow like what's important i think right now is even to talk about the tenure of this relationship you had with wild tree yeah so you know i came in very green obviously and slowly built my organization over time and realized that, you know, personal development is really the number one key to success. I mean, obviously consistency and putting in the work, but you only get as far as you have yourself developed. Mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, I spent 10 years. It was almost 10 years with Wild Tree. And then the summer was, again, you know, what they say about uh, crisis, best things come out of the most difficult times. Sometimes they announced that they were closing. And that was a very shocking, scary time. Had It shocked me because it was like, the last I checked, they had lots of people generating a lot of different avenues of revenue. Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, we'd gone through ups and downs. There had definitely been, you know, roller coasters in 
the business overall with Wild Tree. What do you think led to that look? Like, you yeah. know, there's always kids and there's always people it trying was, to... It was some bu- business decisions that okay. were made that so more just really like had a, a ripple in, in, impact. Yeah. I don't know All, ultimately yeah, sure. what happened. You know, that's... But it wasn't for a lack of clientele. It wasn't for a lack of people loving this. They've said it is, but no. Yeah. So yeah, and obviously not because fast forward, we just got notice about a week or two weeks ago that they're staying open. Oh, okay. But they're not staying open with us. Mm -hmm. They're selling direct to the customers that we built over the last 20 something years. I've seen this before. Which, you know, legally they've got a right to. They're their contacts too, but the way that they went about it. It hurts. Well, it hurts, but if there was an email that went out that had my contact information on it and said, hey, great news, we're staying open. So it looked like I was still in business when Ooh, ultimately my business good. had been shut down at the yeah. end of July. So that was a very, and, and I don't not, think nice. we're, I don't think we're done. We don't know all the details. I mean, yeah. I'm done with Wild Tree. We are all done with Wild yes. Tree, but I don't, th- I think there's more that's probably going to come out. But so when that, when that email went out, obviously a lot of things went through my head. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, there it, goes my income. Mm. There goes my tribe. There goes how I feed my family. Mm. What am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I can fall back on what I know. I can go back into the engineering world. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I, I did, you know, the, the analytical brain kicked in after about a day and I did a pros and cons. Here's here's what I can do. Here's are the, you know, kind of the three categories that I can see myself moving ahead in. Am I done with direct sales MLM? This hurt. Am I done? Well, this not only hurt you personally, but not, I don't think ego is the right word. But when you know that you are you were mentoring so many and helping them, you know, navigate this part of their lives of this income, the disappointment of being the center of that, like you were it was like, literally, you were the person between wild tree and them. And yeah. And yeah. you were the advocate for them even making this decision. Yeah. I mean, if you, over the nine something years, I contributed to my organization. I can't say me personally, but me and the people that I personally reached and then the people they reached brought in $2.9 million wow. for the company. Wow. So yeah, we had a huge impact. And what really struck me was all the people messaging me and saying, we love you. We wow. support you wherever you go. We will follow. And how am I going to cook now? <laughs> so that it really hit home that it wasn't Wild Tree that people bought into. It was me. I hadn't realized it up until that point. That's incredible because I was thinking like, well, how, how, how long would it take for you to be able to feel like number one, to explain to these people that are your tribe, right? These people that you've recruited and helped navigate this. How long would it take for you to get back to the point where y'all were, the relationship was good? But in this case, it almost sounds like all everybody kind of understood that this was beyond your control and they supported you through the whole thing, which would, that would be the nightmare that somebody's going like, I wish I never met her. <laughs> Yeah. Why did we ever, why did we ever talk yeah, to her? Yeah, I mean, I, the, obviously a lot of anger, a lot of hurt feelings, but none of that really directed at, at Did you us, retain the all the relationships that you had or were there any that were lost? No. Wow. I Courtney, mean, that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know that, yeah. <laughs> that's great. So, so literally these people that knew you and had, you know, had, had been with you for all this time, 
here they are. They're going like, hey, what are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. And I was in the same boat. So my first thought was, oh, I'm done with this. I can't do this. I can't rebuild. I can't. And then I looked at my options and I thought, what are my options? Well, I could focus more on real estate, but that's really not going to make me the income at this point that we need. Or I can go back into the workforce. And then I thought about what that entailed. It entailed showing up every day when they told me to, doing what they told me to, and not having control over my life anymore. Obviously, you know, I have to find my passion outside of my job again. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't stomach the idea. I, I knew too much about the other side to ever go back into the workforce like that. And you know, this stuff happens in all the industries. If anybody's listening, they're going like, well, this only happens in, in, the, in this arena. No, it doesn't. Really? I've been in the financial and insurance business for a long time, and this is not uncommon. Yeah. So kudos to you for number one, deciding that you weren't going to take this. I mean, the, the some people would just, you know, go like, nope, not for me anymore. This was a bad thing. But here it is. Your team and you are suddenly researching and looking for what's to come. How do you want up this product and go to the next level? And what did you find? Yeah. So there was a company that basically was a sister company to Wildtree, not related in any way, but same mission, kind of following along the same path in Canada. And we knew that they were opening up in the US and talk about timing. I mean, God thing, universe thing, just, you know, one door closes, one door, another one opens, whatever you want to look at this. The timing of it was pretty crazy. So this company had been working towards opening up in the US for at least five years. And they were supposed to open up in January, ended up opening July 8th for people to enroll in the US. We got notification about Wildtree at the end of June. So we're talking about 10 days difference between one door closing and the other one opening. Yeah. So, you know, did a little bit of research and thought, well, I really don't know this company. Obviously, I haven't tried the products. I don't, I haven't done my research <laughs> and thought, well, do I just take the leap? And what was the risk in it? There really was no risk in it. If I tried it out and wasn't comfortable with the company or wasn't wanting to rebuild, I could always do something else down the road. What were the things that you were looking for? So obviously, okay, so somebody reaches out to you. So what? Like, what was like the first oh, few things you were looking at? Talk about people at? reaching out to me. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you are in MLM, let me just, and I've done the wrong things many times. Let me just give you a vantage point from somebody who has been in this situation. If you don't know the person and their company has closed and you're reaching out to them, just don't. <laughs> if you know the person and you are with another company and you would love for them to join their team, just be an ear for them. They mm. know what you do. They know who you are. They will come to you if they're interested. Mm. And I had some amazing, wonderful people that supported me in this journey, that some had been on this path before, I'd gone through it before, and then I had many, 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 many more who were trying to friend me on Facebook and send yeah. me messages and call me and send me texts and, oh, you got to check out this, you got to check out this. You gotta right. Just don't. Yeah. Save your breath. You're yeah. not going to get anything out of it. Just yeah. don't. And I was so totally. It's kind of insensitive, isn't it? It is. And and I know that you know they're coming from a good place, right? They really believe in what they do, and they want to share that. It's just not an appropriate time. Well, and even for me, like I didn't know your business all that well. I mean, I just I've been around it, but you know, just guessing. I'm imagining. Whoa, Courtney's going through some heavy stuff. She's got to decompress. She's gonna have to like 
get her new mind frame figured out on how she's going to do i wanted to say like damage control like there's oh, gonna yeah. be there's some cleanup to be absolutely. done absolutely and it's nothing a pro- it's a grieving process right it's it's yeah it was the death of my business it, it's fascinating that you immediately went into exploring and doing a discovery process on what to do next. Yeah, so I realized that Epicure could be. And Epicure is the name. Epicure is the name of the company that the Canadian company that I've that I'm rebuilding my business with. Wow! And actually seeing incredible successes as are everybody that I that is putting the effort into. So it's really a, it's an exciting time to be with a company. It's ground floor, but an established company. It's mm-hmm. it's a little bit unique in that. But I thought, you know, this could be the solution. If it's not the solution for my career, it could be the solution for not only what to feed my family, but for my customers as well. And that's really why I took the leap. I didn't know if this was going to be something that I want to build for the next 10 years. I didn't know that. Well, what's kind of neat though, to me is that because of what business you're in and because of the nutritional aspect and and your needs personally, as someone who's trying to like work in the kitchen is all about systematizing and using bright, the right ingredients and protecting your family. So the first things first is that you got to find a line that will give deliver that first. Exactly. So it solved one of those three issues I had. I lost yeah. my job. I lost my tribe. I lost my way to feed my family. <laughs> so now at least I knew how to feed my family. And what was exciting was that a, quite a few of the people that I absolutely adore and loved working with at Wild Tree have moved over to Epicure. And so that means... I got to keep most of my tribe, not yeah. all of my tribe. Not everybody mm-hmm. has decided this is a good fit for them. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that I've loved working with that mm-hmm. are either doing something else or mm-hmm. have gone back to you know their full-time jobs, et cetera. Yeah. But that does mean that I get to continue working with a lot of the people that I've loved to work with. There are a lot of people that have done extremely well. There's no question you really were a chemical engineer. You really were yes, making six plus, six figures oh, yeah. plus. Yep. There's no question that you would never be able to fake it and say, I'm making money because you really, you had like, you, were, you had the dream job of a, a from an income standpoint. That's the reality. And so- Well, uh, I, you know, I think the reality is if anybody tells you that, you're going to make the money quickly and yeah. easily run the other way. How neat is it to lead a relationship like this with a company with the first thing being, does it work and does it have the benefit that you need it to have for why you're even doing it? As opposed to walking into a room and somebody starting out with all the money you're going to make. It's like the financial stuff should be the accidental, the accidental side product of what you're focusing on because if the product is great and the benefit is great that leads you successfully because people want to have a part of that yeah i mean i think there's different reasons why people get into a business like this some people because they need the money because Mm -hmm. their month is longer than their money and they're out you know it's the third week of the, the month and they're out some people you know they they do it because they really want a community i mean maybe they're at home with their kids and they need something to go to and to be a part of. And some people, it's the mission. So I think, you know, I think there's room for everybody. But, you know, just, you know, anytime people talk about, well, you're going to make, you know, tens of thousands of dollars your first month in business. It just, you know, it, it's, it gives whatever it is. I mean, it, it just, there's no easy button. No. There's never an easy button. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is, whether it's health and nutrition, whether it is, Building a business, there's never an easy button. You've got to be systematic mm-hmm. and put in the work. Yeah. 
So let me ask you this, when it comes to like mind frame and overcoming these obstacles and even the judgment, I want to say that you had to receive a lot of judgment from people close, not, I mean, I don't know, I'm just guessing that, you know, here it is, you, you dedicated your whole life to education to be able to do this certain job, your parents invested whatever they did in you being able to do that. When you decided to open this new door, what were the things that you were thinking about? What was like your checklist that gave you the the green light? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think there was definitely some judgment and not that anyone was trying to make me feel bad about my decision. They just didn't understand it. And that's okay. My checklist was, can I continue on the path that I'm on now? and stay sane, healthy, and happy? And the Mm. answer to that was absolutely no. I was living an incongruent life. What an answer. I mean, that really is because I didn't even, that wasn't even on my radar, but that is so true. It's an unarguable truth. You know, I was watching a show, I don't know if it was 2020 or Dateline, but they were talking about how people feel that aren't in jobs that they love. And that, like you were saying, they recommend like, be the coach of a baseball team, you know, like, you know, join a bowling league, you know, like do something where you feel like you are in control. But what if, you know, what if you dig deep and, and just patiently, you know, look into what is out there because maybe just maybe could you be the person that could walk your dogs at 1030 in the morning and not have to be in all the rush hour traffic? Is that possible? And with the power of social media, can you, how many relationships do you have that people are struggling with something that if you, if you uncovered what that is, there might be an avenue for you to solve that problem. It's an incredible idea that someone, someone, anyone through, education and awareness might be able to find their uh, a new path that might bring them more happiness and joy. Yeah, you know, the, one of the things that really hurts my heart is on is it Sunday afternoons and Monday mornings and everybody's posting the memes on Facebook. Oh, is today Friday? Please tell me today's Friday. I can't mm. believe tomorrow's Monday. Oh, and there life yes. is too short to hate what you're doing. It is such a significant part of your life. Life is too short. There is another way. There is another way. I don't know what it looks like for you, Mm -hmm. but there is another way. You just have to be open to it and be willing to work for it. So when you were over there doing the chemical engineering thing and everything sucked, you know, like how did you... How did you at least make sure you, you you got your mind right so you could get to work? I mean, obviously you were, you had a team and I've had a number of people talk to me about what it's like to lead a team. And, and, and it, there's a lot of challenges in many cases, unless you have just amazing people across the board. How did you how did you view it just so you could get to this point? Well, you know, there was deadlines. Yeah. And there was stuff I had to get done. So yeah. it really really wasn't an option. But I will tell you, you know, at the end it was not really pretty. Yeah. I well, kinda became like the office <laughs> office space guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine I don't it. I think I'm going on to work yeah, today. <laughs> that's funny. So all right, well let's talk about let's talk about Epicure for a minute. Like Let's talk about what you love about the company, what you love about the product. Yeah, so it was a, like I said, it was a unique opportunity to jump in at the ground floor. And they had a conference 
So we signed up in July and there was a conference at the beginning of August. Sales didn't go live until near the end of August. So we had time to, you know, kind of get to play around with the stuff we got in our kit. And the most impactful thing for me was attending conference. I got to meet the founder, Sylvie Rochette. I got to meet her daughter, who's now the CEO, Amelia Warren. And I got to meet a lot of the staff and just hear from them. And you know, people ask me to kind of summarize what Epicure is. It's it's a meal planning company that helps really make it simple. I never realized how simple it could be. Faster, you know, raw to ready in less than 20 minutes. So it takes you more time to get into your car, go wait in a drive-thru at a, at a fast food joint, and it's going to cost you more than it does to create an Epicure meal at home. So that's pretty exciting. But getting to know the company from the founders, they're 100% family-owned, and I would just say respect. Mm. Respect for our health, respect for each other, respect for the environment, mm. and professionalism. So I was truly blown away by the heart and soul of the company mm-hmm. and what, they, what they're doing and now what we are doing together. Did you focus any more on like succession with this opportunity? Like, I'm just curious if going through what you did, did you notice that you had a few additional places that you were looking for this company to fit into what you were wanting to do? Yeah, I mean, I think it had to be something that made it easy for people to get mm-hmm. meals on the table that was super, super clean, that met all that criteria, and that that really had their act together. Mm. You know, n- no offense to my former company, but I always felt like we were kind of chasing the ball. Mm. And this company is out, Epicure is out ahead of it. Mm. They keep track of demographics and are very aware of what people's needs are yeah. and are, are meeting those and are changing and adapting and growing to meet those. And what kind of support, I guess, if someone's interested in like, just see what you're talking about. I know having dinner on a school night is like one of the hardest things to do. And it's like once seven o'clock hits and you didn't do the right things, you're just going like, oh, I just let me hit the easy button and we'll just go to Whataburger or Chipotle or whatever. What, What two things? One is the avenue for someone who just wants to know about what that is and how to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing would be, what about somebody who right now, I mean, how many friends do I have that do Juice Plus and all these other different things that have kind of a mission about health and wellness? What would you say to them also about learning more about the opportunity? Yeah, so we, you know, I present through cooking classes and you actually get hands-on interactive experience with the there's cookware and spices and meal plans. So it gives you a hands on experience so that you can see for yourself just how easy it is. And that is a great way to really get familiar with the product and to understand what's going on. As far as those who are in the health industry, you know, a lot of people whether you're taking supplements or you're in the, you know, helping people physically through their exercise routines, the vast majority of health comes back down to what we eat at each of our meals. You know, they say it's 80% diet and 20% exercise and they being the experts that I've heard. And the, it's, it really is true that we can undo a lot of healthy living by what we're consuming. And in, in my mind, the reason why people aren't eating healthy is because it seems like it's too difficult. It seems like it's expensive and it seems like it's too time consuming. So if I can show you the way that it's going to cost you a couple of dollars, two, three dollars per serving, it's going to take you 15 minutes max to get that meal on the table. And it's going to taste great. 
I mean, it just it hits all of the pain points that most of us have. And a lot of the the meal plans that we have too. you know, people struggle with, you know, they got to eat every day. I don't understand. They want to eat again. I just fed you yesterday. And, you know, having a plan, I think is key. It's key not only in saving a ton of money, because when you menu plan, you're not wasting a bunch of food. And if you look at that holistically, you're not only wasting food, but think about all the resources that you're wasting. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're in a <laughs> kind of a crisis on this planet. You know, we, we need to be aware of the impact of our lifestyles. I'm at a crisis every time I go to the damn grocery store because I'm like just going like, well, I guess I'll buy some of this and that. And then, and then how often do I buy too much steak or chicken and I'm end up throwing it away? I'm imagining that with this Epicure that you also, maybe your trip to the grocery store changes a little bit. Oh, absolutely. How does it, like, absolutely. it so does it become limited? A, or? Yeah, when you get a menu plan, you know exactly what you need and you're not buying stuff that you don't need. Yeah, but you know, like when you watch a cooking show and it's like, watch this simple thing, and then it's like a quarter tablespoon of this and that. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. so. Or you find a recipe on Pinterest uh, oh. and it calls for 17 different spices, three well, of which you'll never, ever use again. Yeah. Yeah. So one spice. I mean, it's it literally is my 11 year old makes dinner. Okay. So, so the grocery store changes a little bit because maybe you're just getting your meats and yeah, things there. Yeah. Like, like just what shop would... the perimeter. That's, you know, that's what nutritionists tell you to do anyway. Stay away from those scary inner aisles. So then all of the seasonings and the mixtures yep. and all that is coming from Epicure. Correct. Yes. Okay. And then, and it's, you know, much better to buy one spice blend mm-hmm. than to buy 12 or however many your recipe calls mm-hmm. for. And then, you know, those go back into your pantry and die of slow death. <laughs> so true. It's like, I like to look in there and just fantasize about just going back to empty, you know, like who, like it's the reverse thing you would think about. Like I'm dreaming of a empty pantry. Like how do I get that to happen? <laughs> and and anyway, so one of the, so a few of the benefits of the Epicure thing is one is obviously suddenly the idea of making dinner get get simple. Is there anything nutritionally that you would say also? Yeah. You know, a lot of the products have extra nutrition in them, nutritional boosts, whether it is extra fiber, omegas, a lot of the products have turmeric in them. So, you know, Epicure is very cognizant of, you know, what are the healing spices? Wow. And, you know, I've I've met people over the years, over the last decade who they don't season their food. Mm -hmm. And one to me that's sad because, you know, seasoning is, is, delicious, but two, they're missing a huge nutritional powerhouse. Mm. Seasonings are concentrated forms of antioxidants and all kinds of good stuff that our body needs. So Mm. not only are you making your food taste better, you're actually improving your health by using seasonings and and fresh seasonings. We don't want to use you know, stuff that's been sitting around well, for decades and has all kinds of chemicals in them. Well, I haven't tried this. I guess I need to. I mean, it sounds really good. I've got something good. for you. <laughs> all right. Well, great. I'm going to look forward to using it because like today, I'm like, what am I going to feed these damn kids? Yeah. So the, the cornerstone of the fast cooking with Epicure, there's obviously different ways to cook. There's some really good cookware. There's a pot that I absolutely love because it has a strainer in the top of it. Oh, so every cool. time you make pasta, now yeah. you're either trying to not dirty up a colander by, you know, yes. holding the lid a little bit totally. off and then you lose half the pasta yes. or you burn your hand, whatever. Yes. So it's genius. There's also some baking tools. But what I love and I use every single day is the steamers that you use in the microwave. Oh, cool. and 
Now, I was not a microwave fan. Mm -hmm. I would not even use the microwave to boil water. Mm -hmm. So I did do some research. I know, shocking, Uh right? And looked into it. And maybe what I thought wasn't necessarily founded. But what's great about the steamers is, like last night, I made, I did use a cast iron skillet. I cooked a little steak. Mm -hmm. And then in the steamer, I put broccoli. And it literally took three minutes to cook a giant thing oh, of that's broccoli. Yep. And, you know, it's it's so much easier. And then it doesn't lose that nutrition. Like if you boil in a pot of water, you're not mm-hmm. adding water to this. So you're not losing all that nutrition into the water. That's awesome. Yeah, you hear a lot about that, about the diluting of nutrients, because when you pour the water out now, all the nutrition goes yes. with it. Yeah, and who wants to drink broccoli water? Yeah. I mean, gross. I know, seriously. Okay, so there are people that are listening that, that are going to want to uh, try this too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways to participate with Epicure. Okay. So whether you are looking to find easier, healthier ways to cook in the kitchen, you can host a cooking class. I can mm-hmm. come to you, your friends. You get free stuff. We mm-hmm. have fun. It's it's a win win. Obviously, you can just purchase the product, see how they work for you. And the other way to participate, if you're looking for something more is to consider the business opportunity with Epicure because I'll tell you what, you've never heard of it. 99.9999% of the people, unless they're Canadian, probably have not heard of it either. And it is a ground floor opportunity with an established company. And you've, you've got an established leader with me. I've got 10 years of helping people find success in this business. So I'm looking for people who are who are willing to step outside their comfort zone. We don't mm-hmm. grow unless we're willing to stretch, who are willing to put the work in. It's mm-hmm. and we're not talking about full-time hours here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you can have a thriving business in 5 to 7 hours a week. Okay. As long as you're focusing on what's important and not yeah. necessarily just what you, you know, are yeah. comfortable with. And who lastly who, you know, love to entertain or really need a community or a mission. So mm. those those are the type of people that I'm looking for. That's great. And well, thank you. I, I think, you know, I think one of the things that I love about this interview is it, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about people who are currently in careers that just aren't necessarily as happy as they could be. We've talked about our kids and the fact that ADD and ADHD is something that a lot of our kids experience and it could be nutritional, it could be genetics, whatever it is, there is a way that you can try to explore this gold fine method. Fine gold. Fine gold. It's close. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So, but the idea would be that you might be a good resource if someone would, what would you be comfortable if anyone Absolutely. I mean, it's been, honestly, it's been, uh, you know, almost 10 years since I've really participated with Fine Gold, although I will tell you, my Amazon smile does go to the Fine Gold uh, organization. Wow. So I, I fully believe in in what they what they have to offer. But yeah, I, I'm always a resource. Whether it's just, hey, I don't know what to do with my kid with mm-hmm. this. You know, could diet impact him or her? Or you know, I, I'm you know yeah. not happy with my life. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm obviously not a therapist, but you know, I've been through stuff and I can share my experience. Absolutely. We all we all have and it's like just any little trick we can learn to make life just a little easier, make time on our side, you know, it's one of those things where you know, dinner with the family is a big deal, but you know, if you can if you can meet some sure or be exposed to some surefire ways to like, you know, figure it out. And yeah, like tacos in <laughs> under five minutes. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. And so I, I before we close out, I do want to say like, 
can you name some different things? Like if I was buying tortillas, am I, would I be buying Epicure tortillas or am I no, buying tortillas? No, so not the fresh ingredients. There may be some things we don't have the full line that they have in Canada. So I know they have a little bit more, but it would be like the taco seasoning mm-hmm. and to make fresh salsa mm-hmm. uh, seasoning to, and guacamole, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And then in particular, the steamer just to cook that ground meat in yeah. literally four minutes. Oh, you can do the meat? And yes. then, oh, that would be interesting. Yes. That would be a big deal. Yes. All right. That's, I, I get it now. That's, that's, neat. All right. Well, tell everybody if they want to get a hold of you and learn more about Epicure, how do they, where do they go? Yeah. So you can call me. Okay. (laughs) Send me a text. You can reach me at 281-853-5448. My email address is Courtney Spiewak, and you can look at the spelling under (laughs) Warren's name. I always have to, every, we all have to phonetically spell it out, which is funny. So Courtney Spiewak at gmail.com. And my Epicure website is Courtney Spiewak.epicure.com. And I'll put all this information in our show notes. So if you're listening and you just want to click to where we're talking about, just go into the show notes under the episode and you'll find it there. Courtney, I, I appreciate you sharing. You know, it's, it's not easy to kind of walk through some of these things because in many ways having a 17 year career career and making a pivot some people would, aren't willing to share that kind of a thing and I think it's great that you did because it's it shows that what kind of money people are making there are sometimes reasons to pivot in life that don't necessarily relate to finances absolutely so thank you so much and I appreciate you being here thank you thanks Warren bye bye